do my best to sum up certain things uh, leading into the Sorcerer's Revelation. You are confused, aren't you? Frightened. That's all right. I can help you. Who is this? I am a doctor. Now you must listen to me. You have lost your memory. There was an experiment. Something went wrong. Your memory was erased. Do you understand me? No, I don't understand. What the hell is going on here? Just listen. Are you there? Tao Te Ching, verse 5, soul is the way. Heaven and earth are impartial. They see the ten thousand things as straw dogs. The sage is not sentimental. He treats all his people as straw dogs. The sage is like heaven and earth. To him none are especially dear, nor is there anyone he disfavours. He gives and gives without condition, offering his treasures to everyone. Between heaven and earth is a space like a bellows, empty and inexhaustible. The more it is used, the more it produces. Hold on to the center. Man was made to sit quietly and find the truth within. What if some people out there in the world are not like us? David Sharna, 2021, paraphrasing. I'm moved by circumstances, convergence of testimonials, an overall feeling to reintroduce the Sources Revelation, which was the last Stormy Weather podcast back around of March, I believe it was, 2009. It was a two-hour thing back then, or an hour and a half. I could certainly talk a lot. So I've just culled the essential elements to about half an hour. And um, it pertains to the human energy field and what it might be and how it is that we might experience it and understand it. And also to the current situation, the apparent apocalyptic scenario that's unfolding before us. There are certain things here that's helpful for me to remember, to be reminded by my past self about. And um, there's this central recurring conundrum that I have wrestled with for a long time, which is never quite being able to grok the idea of billions and billions of people out there on the planet. And even to the extent viscerally, physically, when I'm in places where there are large crowds of people, just not really being able to comprehend what I'm seeing and really believe it. I've never quite known why that was. And um, I still don't. But I have this felt sense which I eventually articulated with the Sorcerer's Revelation into a, a model of reality, and it was conceptual and not something really to believe in per se but just to, to to use as a lens to explore the this perceptual cognitive and sensory experience of being a human apparently surrounded by billions of other humans or connected to billions of other humans um, something else that Dave said on the last Sunday event which was that he had caught a glimpse of a TV show, I won't even name it, but a very bad one, 
when he'd had the thought, oh God, things really are that bad, as this is what people are using for escapist entertainment now. I used to have that experience a lot when I would catch glimpse of really bad TV shows, which fortunately I don't really anymore. Um, and sometimes even end up watching extended portions of them, for whether I had to or for whatever reason. And, and it, it really intensified my feeling of horror and contempt at the condition of humanity that, that people were actually imbibing this material. And I, and I wonder if it's part of the, the trick and the deception. Because, of course, we don't actually know that millions of people are watching these TV shows. But I'd say we can take that even further. We don't actually know that millions and billions of people out there who create these statistics, that they actually exist. Because they're just numbers that we're told. And then I'll take it even further, that we don't even know if we see hundreds of thousands of people with our physical eyes. Well, tens of thousands. But on TV and footage and whatnot. But even with our physical eyes, we don't know for sure that those people are all people in the way that we understand it. We don't even know that people exist in the way that we conceive it. There's an awful lot that we don't know. And it's very clear that there's, there's a whole matrix of concepts of incepted assumptions and presumptions about reality that have been used to enslave us. And I believe, as I've touched on recently, in the context of the human energy field, that the idea of humanity is very central to the deception. But I also believe that the idea of of eight or nine billion individuals making up humanity is part of the uh, deception too that we're being tricked by numbers, by statistics uh, in some way that it's difficult to articulate and I'm not going to try just giving a bit of a, a more current, contemporary, present day context for the Sorcerer's Revelation and why I'm revisiting it, because in our current circumstances, where we're heading to the big crunch, um, our sense of a shared humanity with allegedly eight or nine billion other individuals, only six, five billion, I think, when I did this in 2009. So even that seems very questionable. And um, we can throw in reincarnation too, if we believe in reincarnation or the soul, where did these nine billion individuals come from? Is the universe this great soul factory? Even if it is, then clearly the, most of the individuals on the planet now, it's their first incarnation. And maybe their last too. So what does that say? I mean, there's, there's, there's something is not right with this picture. There's no equality, clearly at a social or a psychological level. We can see that with our own eyes, and it's not just about inequality of the system, it's innate inequality of, of, of human individuals. Uh, but at a metaphysical level, there can be no equality either, unless we posit the human energy field, and that is a whole different model for reality. And the Sorcerer's Revelation, I think, is consistent 
with what David Sharnas called the human energy field, is the darker, more apocalyptic edge of it. It's what our perceptual bias of a world full of nine billion individuals starts to look like if we if we allow it to dissolve into a truer perception reality, which is all there is is energy, including human energy. And that not all energy is created equal, or at least not all packages of energy are created equal. Revelation. So it seems you've discovered your unpleasant nature. Who are you? We might ask the same question. In the uh, second Matrix movie, Matrix Reloaded, there appeared to be a, a suggestive subplot, a thread uh, running through the movie, the scenes in Zion, particularly suggesting that the so called real world that Neo was now in in Zion once it had unplugged was itself a second matrix and that it wasn't reality at all this was only hinted at and it was more the rumours and the bars of fans and what have you afterwards that I think created this meme uh, more than necessarily the Wachowskis or the people behind the Wachowskis uh, themselves but it was a very powerful idea and, and those of us who hadn't lost all interest in the franchise by then were, were hoping that uh, the third movie would deliver on this in some way and of course it didn't on that or anything else but um, the idea remains as a very powerful and tantalizing notion and really an inevitable one if one were to think about it if one were to develop the the storyline and the themes of Matrix fully, or at least even partially, one would have to consider this idea and finally allow it to be an inevitability, which is that artificial intelligence would be aware of the unplugging movement, or even perhaps aware of the possibility of it before it even began, and so it would arrange exactly this structure, or this subterfuge by which um, there would be agents disguised as unplugged humans who were misleading those humans within the matrix who were beginning to wake up down channels so that they believed that they were actually preparing for unplugging and then actually being unplugged and then instead of actually being unplugged they would simply have their consciousness moved into a new matrix their bodies would remain in the pods but they would experience through consciousness at the end of one reality and the entering into a whole new reality tunnel which would simulate a world outside the matrix and perhaps be almost identical to it but wouldn't actually be it. This I think is something that our handlers, the Masonic Sorcerers and those behind the Masonic Sorcerers, the old seers, I think that this is something that they have 
prepared for, they are prepared for us in one way or another, in ways either subtle or overt, delicate or fine. Um, it's a trickery that we ourselves would be complicit with. It doesn't actually entail or require an outside intelligence scheming behind the scenes, but we can allow that also. The idea of the end of the world makes the idea of the world stronger. The more we focus upon the world ending, the more that idea, in a sense, strengthens and consolidates our belief in the reality of a world that is ending. The end of the world is not some great Armageddon destructive scenario. That is simply our uh, interpretation of something far beyond our understanding where we flatten it out into a linear rational narrative in order to make the transition from one state of consciousness into the other through the total destruction of the species and the planet as such not necessarily at a physical level but nonetheless Armageddon is just that it's just a way that we make the transition rationally but when the world ends nothing is ending it is rather us returning to the awareness that the world never was to begin with it never existed it was simply a an interpretation of the infinite flow of energy through the dark sea of awareness so what's your idea of hell total isolation in the personal self forever mm. what's your idea of heaven infinite expansion music mm. first there was darkness then came the strangers they were a race as old as time itself they had mastered the ultimate technology the ability to alter physical reality by will alone they called this ability tuning but they were dying their civilization was in decline and so they abandoned their world seeking a cure for their own mortality their endless journey brought them to a small blue world in the farthest corner of the galaxy our world here they thought they had finally found what they had been searching for residing within the cells of the heart liver and lungs there will be no eschaton and such and so forth and so like and then the sorcerer's revelation
Essentially what a sorcerer does is he awakens totality of memory and he experiences himself as a fourth dimensional being which is to say a being extended through time from birth to death and as such he becomes not a fixed object, physical object in time but a a flow of energy, a flow of consciousness through time and this is experienced <coughs> as a being a tube because um, one's consciousness rather than being localized at this point in time fourth dimensionally one's consciousness is extended through space because of course we do move through space so our consciousness would is from a fourth dimensional perspective is a huge tube or tunnel that is made of light consciousness extending through space and through time from the point of our birth to the point of our death and this tube is made up of memories as such and these memories include not only every event, action, thought, feeling of our lives, of our first attention conscious physical lives but also of our dream lives and these the events, the memories of our dream lives are vastly, almost infinitely greater than those of our waking lives as anyone who has even begun to tap the, the almost infinite reservoir of dreaming attention that we possess will know in a single night we can uh, access realms of experience and gather information that would seem to extend over a period of weeks so this is true over years and years of dreaming that essentially when we access those memories when we access the totality which very few ever do and even Castaneda didn't succeed in doing then we access the double we enter into the totality of ourselves and we become almost infinite and it, it would seem to us from that perspective as if we had lived for thousands of years as indeed we have so when it comes to actually lucid dreaming um, in a realm that doesn't have isn't part of consensus reality that it, we are actually creating this reality um, but are doing so lucidly then what happens is that the beings or objects that we are creating through our visualization or through our will are imbued with consciousness because they are products of our own consciousness so in a sense these the components of our dreaming reality are aspects of ourselves they are aspects of our psyches they're like children we're creating these thought forms these tulpas using our own consciousness psychic energy to do so and so they would be imbued with consciousness our own and so it is possible for a very prodigious sorcerer it would be possible for these sorcerers to create beings who had autonomy what they would do is, is they would just break off a part of themselves just as God created this universe a Lucifer by breaking himself into 
a billion points of light, and each of those points of light contain the consciousness of the, t the whole, the totality. It was a fragment of it. It had forgotten its true nature because it was fragmented and spread apart and distanced from the source. But like a hologram, it did contain potentially the awareness of the whole. Take a breath. Because this is a this is a model of reality that will change everything. It will change absolutely everything that we think we know. It is a perspective that will lead us to a whole new reality tunnel. It is an opening in this reality which would allow us to glimpse another reality that is hidden behind this one. This world that has been pulled over our eyes to keep us from the truth. I believe it is a world of tulpas, a world of thought forms, in which there are very few living beings who are actually fully conscious, ensouled, energetic beings. I believe that there's a very small number of us alive today, just as there has always been, and that the increasing population has nothing at all to do with more and more souls coming into this earth plane, and everything to do with the creation of increasing number of tulpas, in order to create an increasing amount of noise to flood out the signal of the universal vibration, the divine frequency, galactic consciousness. I believe that this is the matrix, that it is a world populated by thought forms created by the old seers, using our psychic energy to do so. It is not possible for them to create a world of six billion individuals using only their own psychic energy. They are not that powerful. There are only a few hundred, or at best a few thousand, of these old seers operating, controlling apparently billions of individuals. They don't have to control billions because they've created billions. They only have to control a few thousand of us, or a few hundred thousand of us, however many of us there are, I don't know. Now, the old seers have created a morphogenetic field using the tulpas using our disowned psychic energy, that is almost impossible to resist, a matrix, an energy field of directed attention, of thoughts and of behavior that is so pervasive that we have almost no choice but to go along with it, like a current that simply can't be resisted. So if you create a thousand tulpas and direct them to modes of behavior, such as eating, such as wearing clothes, such as drinking alcohol, such as going to the movies, such as cruising the bars to get laid, etc., etc., etc. These modes of behavior become neurotypical. They become the way that we are hardwired to behave because we are imitative beings. We, we, it creates almost like a new genetic code, except that it isn't genetic. It's it's energetic. It's it's uh, it's an overlay. It's a matrix world. 
this is this is an incredibly ingenious and effective strategy. It works on so many different levels. The first level is that it keeps us from finding each other. It keeps us from organizing, from recognizing who we are and of connecting and of forming groups and of aligning our intent and of overcoming the hegemony and the control of the old seers and of attaining freedom. Because we are essentially lost in a sea of noise, we are surrounded and oppressed by a world that is created and sustained by thought forms who do not have a thought in their head that hasn't been put there, either by the old seers or as a sort of distorted replication of our own disowned psychic pollution. And these tulpas essentially run the show, although they're simply puppets, but apparently they do. In every field of politics, entertainment, military, medicine, just the whole um, superstructure of society as we know it is basically being driven and maintained by thought forms. And these are puppets that are being manipulated from behind the scenes by the old seers. Now, the next level is that because these old seers are using our psychic energy to do this, it is a way to prevent us from actually owning our own power. Because our power, because we've disowned it, we have disowned the larger part of our psyches, of our unconscious, and as a result we don't have access to it. It becomes autonomous. And this allows the old seers to use this energy. Of course it is, it is through their intervention and their interference that we have been separated from it to begin with. So this is all part of a design that goes back thousands of years. But however it began, however exactly it has been affected, and I'm still working this model out, the bottom line is that because the old seers are using our own disowned psychic energy to create thought forms with, it makes it almost impossible for us to reclaim that energy. Because it's out there. It's autonomous. We can't even recognize it for what it is. We interact with tulpas. We have no idea that they are actually fragments of our own psyches. They are like our disowned children. And they are unruly aspects of our psyche. They are fragments of our shadow. And so, of course, they're creating a hell world that seems to be everything that we are not and that we would do anything to be rid of because they're the parts of ourselves that we've disowned. But we can't ever get free of it unless we recognize it for what it is and reclaim it and integrate it back into ourselves. And also only by doing so can we actually reclaim the energy that we need in order to become whole.
we're talking about then is is, is a sort of multiple personality disorder uh, on a on an energetic scale and taken into the realms of science fiction in which our multiple personalities actually have autonomy uh, and apparent physical existence outside of ourselves. Each of us as as sorcerers has many many personalities because our totality has been fragmented through time and space. However, this is not an us or them thing because those of us who are original monad souls can only become so by reintegrating those aspects of ourselves that are presently running around autonomous thinking that they are living beings. So, this is all about us. There is no them. The beings out there that I'm describing as tulpas or thought forms are not the enemy. They are simply that part of ourselves that we have let get away, that we have allowed to run wild. So the only appropriate relationship to have with the people out there who are not actual people is one of absolute empathy and of affinity, and to allow them to disintegrate peacefully. This is what the old seers are doing everything to prevent from happening. So we must love and reclaim and embrace and tenderly let in all those aspects of our psyches that we find repugnant and repulsive and contemptible. And that, let's face it, is the vast masses out there plugged into their TV sets, knocking back beers, behaving in ways that we frankly consider beneath us. Those ways are beneath us. They're forms of behavior that we have disowned in ourselves. They are the aspects of the collective psyche that represent the lowest functioning of the species. And the reason they've become so aberrational, so totally destructive, so opposed to the movement towards galactic or divine consciousness, is because they've been disowned and they've been allowed to become legion. They have replicated, they have multiplied, and they have assumed a sort of autonomy and a sort of dominion in this realm, because that's how the old seers have directed things to be. But this can change very rapidly. But only when we accept that galactic consciousness is only for a very, very few. Unless we can begin to look at things in this way, then we'll remain trapped by the us and them conundrum. When the dream ends, all but the dreamer disappears. So unless we're aligned with the perception, the point of view that is the God, that is the dreamer, then we must prepare to disappear, to be dissolved into the awakening. The pull of the truth, as, as individuals, original monad, sorcerers, shaman, autist souls, as we awaken to the truth, this creates like a vortex of increasing power velocity and gravitational pull, a vortex of truth. And as this vortex grows stronger, those who 
are resisting the truth, who have built lives on untruth, must go deeper and deeper into the personal identity, into untruth, in order to resist that pull. And the result of this is that they must become more and more aberrational. They must behave in more and more destructive, distorted ways. And so this is what we're perceiving on the planet at this time. And this is inevitable. This is the Armageddon narrative. And it must be seen out to the end. Okay, death is just another word for... Dissolution. I'm not mad, I'm just... Inspired. Humanity is here to... Crack the shell of identity. The best thing about sex is... You can't fake it. The difference between children and grown-ups is... That's a tough one. Definitely is a difference. Children are closer to God. Mm. More connected, aren't they, naturally? Yeah, lack of distortion. <laughs> the nature of magic is... Enchantment. The point of religion is... To reconnect to our true nature. Oh, that's a very positive reply, that, because everyone else, including me, who's just come out with negative oh, shit for that, control. haven't they? Everybody yeah. to a yeah, man yeah. said control. Really interesting. I think yeah. it has to do with me being raised I suppose if as an atheist, you know, so I don't have... Yeah, that. yeah. It's just that word religion, I think it's kind of got a bad rap, hasn't it? If you take it back to its early, uh, you know, its early intonations, it's uh, it meant something very, very wonderful. It's just, it's just gone, gone bad. <laughs> It's an understatement of the millennium. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Okay. The purpose of politics is um, to cast a spell to distract our attention from our inner knowing. World wars help to to draw our attention to the shadow through our destructive mm. potential. The greatest threat to man's survival is... Self-importance. Humanity's greatest flaw is its... Inflexibility. Humanity's greatest strength is its... <laughs> Sense of humour. Mm. Yeah, definitely. What makes the fit fit to survive? I see why people don't like this question now. Um, I have to say awareness and or imagination. The nature of God is unspeakable. And finally, I found these questions to be um, challenging, somewhat entertaining and not entirely irrelevant. That last answer could possibly be a summation of the Stormy Weather podcast themselves. 
Yeah, hope. why not? It's uh, it's a fitting epithet. Yeah. Well, thanks, uh, Neil, for doing that. It's kind of nice to have you as a sort of special guest on the, the final podcast. No problem. It's my pleasure. I'm glad to have been involved in it. It's been excellent. No, they won't listen. They don't. 